Here is. Here is the overfed and the beaten down. Here is the shoe-wearing bull, the mobile of cataclysm. Here is the star strangler, the beautiful in the greatest disguise. Here is the old stone face, walking away without even trying. Here is Harvey, the rabbit puncher. Here's a snare drum solo for the ages, the circle penetrator. Here is Nixon's revenge. Here is the grave. You haven't voted in a long time. Or if you've never voted before. It may be because you think your vote doesn't really count, but it does. And there's a way to make it count even more. Take a friend to vote with you. It'll make voting easier. And it'll really make it count. So vote with your children. And your parents. And your sister. And your friends. And make it count more. Vote with a friend. And make it count more. Vote with a friend. And make it count more. Vote with a friend. And make it count more. Previously on Radio Flom. No room to run. No place to hide. The whole world's changed. Three days ago. The government has denied the A vision of chaos and destruction that could come true. Perhaps it's happening now. There's no ruin to run. Following the outbreak of There's no crime. place to hide. There is some danger. Oh, crazy, that's what you are. Before you vote, you should know that Flamist Steve Mahalo is the most dangerous thing to happen to this nation. As an educator, Steve Mahalo has failed unsuspecting students who've done absolutely nothing at all. Also, Steve Mahalo sat by quietly as crimes were committed every single day, right in front of him. I'm watching TV. And he did nothing about it. And even worse... He hasn't even filed the paperwork to run for office. I'm not even running for office. And he's not even running for office. What's wrong with you? Steve Mahalo, flamist, educator, bad for America, bad for people who expect to see him on the ballot. No, I'm not approving this message. Five minutes past 12 midnight. Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world. Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom. 
are you voting? No, I am not. And and why not? I just I feel like it's not even a point. There's no point. Because if, if our opinion doesn't matter, why try? Let's talk about vote, bitch. Um, I call I call vote, bitch, a political disorganization uh, aimed at elevating engagement uh, for the vote with young people. Um, specifically, I mean, on Instagram, because that's where they are. And I really just want people to understand that, yes, there's an election happening this year and uh, it actually matters. It, it makes a really big difference here. You know, who's going to be the judge? Who's going to be the governor? We have some race. You know, people think I live in California. There's nothing I can do. I, it's really important who your judges are going to be, who the governor's going to be. That's going to have a huge impact on on how this country gets run you know we all watched dr christine ford that's the judicial system baby you know who are your judges who's going to be the governor um you need to get out there and it actually matters so it's really just to create buzz my my goal is to create buzz and you know i'm, I'm an instagram newbie i've been on instagram for five weeks so you know and, and i can tell you that i've at least gotten my boyfriend's daughter to commit to voting she was not going to well um, it's it's but, one at a time so i've i've posted things like uh lyft uh, is giving free rides and discounted rides to the polls on election day good information like that information on organizations to to go to and volunteer at and then also some original art, uh, but it was funny, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've reposted from other people gets way more, way more likes than my own stuff. So it can be uh, very dispiriting to do your own stuff. I'm constantly posting things I hope to get reaction to. In fact, I'm running a campaign right now, and I think the reaction was five hits. Anyone can just choose and hate certain things, like certain things. But um, I finally found something that people really like, this sign. And uh, it says, please clean up after your democracy. And you can see it on at VoteBitch2018. However, Flom, uh, if you go to the hashtag, it actually matters. And this is where it really gets fun. What we did is we did a campaign in real life and we made a bunch of these signs. There are somewhere between 50 and 60 of these signs that have been drop lifted throughout the Bay Area. And we wanted to see if we could get people to photograph them and share them. And uh, and it's been working there. Are, gosh, I don't know how many, we have 155 posts of these at this point. Um, not not all of them are this sign, but um, they are all over. And, and that's been really, when we first put a few up, people would see us putting them up because we're, we're terrible. We're terrible uh, street artists. We, we, you're supposed to get in and get out. And we're like, wait, wait where's the zip tie? So a few people. Uh, you know, the worst up. part is. Uh, they start taking them down after a while. I heard from someone who had a big pile of flom stickers, put them all over Sacramento, and then a week later was like, they're gone. And of course, I don't know that she's putting those up. We're very left in our leanings. These signs, I think, are, are nice in that they are nonpartisan. And um, it, it's really interesting. I mean, everyone relates to them. Right-wingers, left-wingers, everyone thinks it's, you know, for them, you know? It's like, gosh darn it, we've got to clean up this mess. There's propaganda flying around everywhere. 
getting everyone involved in politics, where do you think that actually happens? Because if everyone is ignoring it, I became interested in politics when I was in high school. Social studies teacher was running for state assembly. And next thing you know, I ended up working in his campaign, I think because it was a sign, but I really got into it. Uh, also, there was a total pervert in college who was teaching our government studies class. And that's when we learned how the government works. And because he was a total pervert, he knew what all the laws were for uh, pornography and everything within the state of California. And that made it even more fun. So, yeah, if you don't know anything about government, go find out what you can and cannot get away with. I feel like what, one of the most interesting bits of information I got was, you know, here's this smart, intelligent young woman. Um, college graduate uh, saying, gosh, you know, I'm watching this vote bitch thing and I'm really kind of feeling like maybe I should vote this year. And, but she confided to her father, I, I feel like I don't really know enough about the issues and I've spent most of my life not voting and I don't think the U.S. needs uneducated me throwing my opinion in there. Um, I, I don't really know how to vote on all this stuff and um who needs me to chime in? Um, and I, I felt like that was, you know, that really was very touching to me that, that she would, you know, that, that I would be able to get that information from, from someone. Yeah. So I, I actually wrote something to address it. And it's, it's, on, it's on the hashtag. But what I did was I went to Solidarity Sundays and just put it out there and said, what resources would you recommend? The Easy Voter Guide, uh, VotersEdge.org, Ballotpedia.org. There are a lot of online resources that will give you nonpartisan descriptions of um, your measures in your area and help you put your, put your ballot together. Students have everything they need at their fingertips. You could learn anything from YouTube. You can find videos, like you just gave us a list, but you could just go to Google and find stuff. It's fascinating. As a teacher, I'll be in a classroom and every time I work on a project with my students, my first step is go do your research. You can't design anything unless you research what you're working on. And they seem shocked that, oh my God, I'd have to do that. And then, then I, got, I turn into the old man who says, we used to have this thing called a library. <laughs> and if we wanted information, we had to go there and have you ever gotten seasick from microfilm? Because it'll speed by really fast and you get really just nauseous. I think part of being a human being is learning to sort through all that. So at the very least, go look up who Richard Nixon was, because he was the butt of comedies for so many years. <laughs> pales in comparison to the drama that's going on right now in the reality show. Interestingly, Nixon was uh, established the EPA. Did you know that? Yes, I did, uh, which is not going to exist anymore, really. Uh, pollution will be back. We're, we're going to have... And back to Republicans. Well, you know, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean... If anything, uh, I think the kids should go out there and at least look up the shots of the rivers catching fire from all the pollution in them. That's That may be on our horizon, because they'll be the ones who have to put them out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's another, that's another talk show, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I do think it's, it's too bad the divisiveness that's going on in this country right now, because I think there are actually a lot of things that people can get behind in a unified way that, that have just become so politicized. It's like, we, we can't talk about climate change, um, because it, it, 
gives Republicans the heebie-jeebies. That's really too bad because what you're doing is you're, you're trying to talk about the environment and, and you know, clean air and water for working families and, and jobs for Americans. So there, there's a lot of messaging you can put behind there in terms of how you frame it and just bypass the whole blue, red, donkey, elephant crap. The oil folks back in the 90s did a whole lot of work around suppressing. It's, it's really, I mean, there, there are a lot of parallels between the um, what's going on with, uh, with climate change and the oil companies as opposed to smoking and, uh, and the tobacco companies. You know, they just fought it for as long as they could. They were absolutely determined to get every last drop of money they could before they moved on and, you know, did it, did it somewhere where people were less on top of it. But, um, you know, it took us like 50 years. I mean, my daughter is 13 years old. And, you know, all, everyone I know under the age of 25 thinks smoking is gross. Yeah. Um, and well, that, it, took, it took a couple of generations to do that. Yeah, it's, it's gross. They're still doing it, though, because it relaxes them, unfortunately. Yeah, but there's, there's yoga. Go, go do yoga. Relax. That's what relaxes me. Just chill. I, I still, I, I do have the occasional cigarette every now and then. It depends on how many film noirs I've been watching. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. Bergman makes it look awful good. I'm it just great. And, and, just and, but you have to put on all that pancake makeup and make yourself look <laughs> black and white. And the fedora and keeps falling off my head. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that's really important to know for young people is that you don't have to vote on every single thing. You can vote on a few key candidates or issues and um, that's way better than not voting at all. I, I'm, you may have read this this uh, piece in the New York Times recently. Uh, non-voters essentially handed Trump the election in 2016. If everyone had voted, uh, he would not have won. And I think that's really important to to know. Even if you just vote for one person, just put, put put your voice in there. You know, don't don't vote, don't bitch. <laughs> vote, bitch. Fragments of a Candle Flame by Amanda Maurer Withered wicks ignite, our reverent eyes omnipotent, the leading anthracite of an army exponent. The demoniac prestige of imperceptible action subside, foreseen to besiege and cannot be fortified. One simple snitch to extinguish and all will decimate, a legacy sent to relinquish and all but suffocate. Burned out, it will desecrate. In embers, we immolate. This is Yeni Soto, and here are some little-known facts about American history. The United States is a country in the northern hemisphere of North America. Not many people know this, but there is a South America, too. I'm so glad you put that. George Washington had a bad acne problem, like there should be zits on the dollar bill. He also had a big butt and looked like a stupid ass in those pantyhose he wore. He was very vain because of this. When it comes down to it, France won the Revolutionary War for us by being at the right place at the right time. Thomas Jefferson used France's vitriol towards England to get them to come fight with us. Otherwise, we were outmatched and outdone. True Americans don't remember this at all. Washington, D.C. exists in a swamp. 
and as the capital of the United States, it is loaded with neoclassical architecture because Thomas Jefferson loved the trend coming out of Europe. They had found Pompeii buried in ashes and everybody wanted to make things out of Roman columns and pendiments. John Adams died on the same day as Thomas Jefferson, which was July 4, 1826. John C. Vermont was legendary, thanks to his wife rewriting his letters of From the West and turning him into the Indiana Jones explorer of his day. This all ended when Abraham Lincoln threw her out of the Oval Office after she made fun of his mom. Today he is considered a joke, just like the town of his namesake, Vermont, California. Piss off California. California doesn't like to be made fun of, that's why they're all terrible. The way the United States defeated Native American tribes all over the continent involved almost totally wiping out the buffalo, which natives were totally tied to. If you are going to defeat an enemy, destroy the morale first. That's the American way. In 1842, Germany tried to establish a colony in Texas. It never worked because Texas was too damn expensive. Millard Fillmore is really Alec Baldwin, who is older than we realize. And Donald Trump is also Alec Baldwin. He just doesn't know it yet. Grover Cleveland's original name was Stephen. He changed it to Grover later in life because he loved the character on Sesame Street. The moon landing was real. But there isn't actually a moon, it's just a giant satellite. The Grand Canyon is actually a giant tree stump. Cows actually moo with regional accents. Remember this when you see them on the side of the road and you moo at them. Do you know that's actually true for goats? Mal Blank, the voice of Bugs Bunny, was also the voice of Richard Nixon. So after Nixon died, he was really happy he never had to do the voice again. He was also the voice of Jimmy Carter. Luckily, today, Jimmy Carter has finally learned to speak on his own. Suck it to me. <laughs> You're off and running. With bright eyes shining, with bright eyes shining. As you were, as I want you.
You were just listening to Sacramento's Coyote Creates covering Nirvana. You can find Coyote's brand of music, fashion, and activism at youtube.com slash coyotecreates. This is Radio Flom, almost modern beyond modern. And now, a Radio Flom presentation. Word Association with Jason Marburg. Did you see this list yet? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking at it upside down. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Oh my God. What what can you even say about Megan Kelly? I mean, aside from the fact that she's, you know, obviously whatever version of Stepford Bot Fox has been you know, kind of cultivating for years now. Patton Oswalt has that great bit about George Bush, how like, how George W. Bush and, you know, his, his cabinet that, at the time couldn't really deal with being cuddly and nice. But like, if they were talking about evildoers or the axis of evil or whatever, that was their beat, you know? So like, if you wanted to see them animated, like same shit with Trump, you know, Trump comes out after the synagogue massacre happens and he's like, killing in the name of religion or against religion is bad bad you know like it, it's like wait a second you're i i don't really want to give him any credit but he's more charismatic than that more lit up when he's talking about things that there he is a difference yeah I mean, there's a there's a huge huge difference we i just edited his voice and you could hear it yeah he's very structured and yeah. when he doesn't want to be reading what he's reading it does not come across yeah. I mean, he can't even invest himself that much. And so Megyn Kelly's got the same kind of thing. Like, if you get her into a conversation about, you know, <laughs> how white Jesus was, she'll give you a 10, million, 10 minutes of really focused talking points. And she'll be really sharp and she'll be really on it, right? Because that's what animates her. But putting her on at 7 o'clock in the morning, I just, I just don't see how that seems like a good idea to anybody. Even if, you, even if you agree with her politics, that's not her beat. That's not where she goes, you know? Yeah. So it's just odd, have, you know, like having her do puff piece interviews with Greg Kinnear or whatever. <laughs> like, okay. Dan Rather. Dude, 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 Dan Rather. I'm really glad to see him having his like fifth act <laughs> during all yeah. this. Um, I, at times, uh, I'm, I'm hoping the complete message gets across because you know he's he's speaking from uh, from a really bygone era of prestige and journalism that I'm just not even sure is there anymore. So any appeal to that while, while good and well-intentioned and I'm hoping it sticks, I can't even imagine what it's like if you're reading that when you're 22 or whatever, does that even catch it all? You know, just like the, uh, the idea that there's no such thing as selling out in music anymore because the world has changed. I mean, I don't even know what they think journalistic integrity is anymore. Uh, interesting thing is uh, I started watching Vice on HBO and my immediate reaction is this is what 60 Minutes used to do. Yeah. And then my wife found 60 Minutes Australia. And guess what? They're doing what 60 Minutes yeah. used to do. Oprah. Um, Oprah, I mean, you know, I have, I have a heart. Everybody loves Oprah. Um, obviously, uh, celebrity politics isn't really getting us anywhere. Um, however, if we have to step into those waters, then Oprah is the 90-foot-tall battle mech that can do it. <laughs> you know, handle that for us. Mitch McConnell. Fuck Mitch McConnell. Like, they talk about raisin. I mean, that's that's the epoch we're living through now. Like, these guys are just going for it as hard as they can. And if we don't manage to eke out a win of at least the House on Tuesday, 
you haven't seen anything yet. Like, I mean, it's insane. They're actually, they're actually doing interviews with newspapers on Tuesday, talking about taking people's pre-existing conditions away, and then cutting a commercial on Thursday, saying that the only people protecting pre-existing people with pre-existing conditions. Um, but yeah, just insanely brazen. Lou Dobbs is so fucking ridiculous that I, it's hard to believe that he exists. Like, you know that he's just the natural conclusion of that chippish evolution of right-wing pundits um but you know like it's it, it, it's usually like you get the sense that they're just a couple moments away from a breakdown like rush limbaugh is the same way you get so apoplectic and you're like wow his head's gonna explode at any moment lou dobbs lou dobbs is what happens after the head is exploded like he's had the breakdown we thought his career was done like what like two years ago and he just lumbers on because you have you have the aging boomers who unfortunately aren't aging out fast enough who need somebody to, to reassure them, reassure them rather, about why, you know, the world looks so scarily different, you know? And that's actually another sticking point with me too. Like the idea that, oh, we have a racist grandma or whatever, but that's just the way she is, or she's old. It's like, okay, well, A, if that's the way she is, then fuck who she is. And then B, your life, you shouldn't get dumber, right? Like, you should be leveling up. Obviously, you're not going to do things with the same kind of zest when you're 80 years old, but by that point, you should be improving upon the year before it. Voter suppression. Oh, what do we got here? Voter suppression, yeah, we all fucking know. It's amazing how out in the open they are about it now. They literally don't give a shit. And they, because it's, they know the voters, will, they're their voters, their base will follow them down whatever abandoned shitty mine shaft they go down. Um, I mean, if you've ever been in a local news comment section when a voter ID comes up, it's amazing, like, the frenzy that those people whip themselves into, the idea that somebody's going to just be able to, like, vote, like, without any kind of proof at all. Um, and that that's the sort of thing somebody would be able to do over and over and over again, even though the data does not at all coincide with their idiotic fantasies. It's the same kind of people who are like, well, yeah, it's an unnamed source, though, you know, in a... In a, in a breaking news story and it's like okay well you don't really understand how journalism works journalism isn't oh hey a guy said this cool fucking print it like that's there's so much vetting that happens shit dude i work over at sackdown if somebody opens a frozen yogurt place there are so many layers of fact checking and re redundant looking into kind of making sure everything is on the up and up even for stories like that it's this idea that like what well, is an unnamed source it's like fucking moron like but yeah garbage people so many fucking garbage people and i try not to be super dismissive of, of, about it but at the same time it's just like i don't know you know like it's there's this thing that happens where people expect there to be empathy across the board for everybody no matter what but my empathy in a situation where someone is getting victimized goes immediately to the victim and any empathy that's left over is still gonna go to the victim. I'm not empathizing with you just because you're stupid, too, too fucking dumb to change the TV channel, you know? I, 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 I don't know, like, thinking about their feelings, the, the feelings of people who've been brainwashed by Fox News, I get it, you know, you see interviews on, not interviews, you see people posting on Reddit or whatever all the time whenever the subject comes up, you know, my dad is an astrophysicist, very, very smart man, but then he started listening to Rush Limbaugh, now he's like a completely different person. It's like, okay, that's sad, that sucks, also fuck your fucking dad. Yeah. You know, like my, your dad is cre is causing real harm to people and that is where my sympathies go and that's where my empathy goes and that's where my wanting to help goes. You know, if, if your dad 
is lost to that, then fuck him. I I don't care, you know. And and that's the thing. And I and I, I think, especially in the Trump era, it's more it's more important to not only just rally people but boycott people. Tell them tell them you will not tolerate this behavior. That's how society needs to reinforce just basic standards of decency. Where is responsibility anymore? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have a president who doesn't take responsibility for what he's of doing. Of course not. Rise it up, and that's acceptable. And that's what they—that's what these fucking Trump fans want, anyway. You know, they don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. They get caught in lies constantly. They—they <clears throat> they believe the lie and they prefer the lie, and that's where they want to hang their hats. So fuck them. You know, but the problem is, is that you know we try to pride ourselves on you know when they go low we go high and i get that and i like that in the abstract but the problem is is that every single one of those people going low has factored into the math the fact that you will go high and that they will be able to come back from however low they go and say oh okay i'm sorry i stopped doing that i'm not going to fix any of the damage done and i'll probably do it again but I knew that you were going to try to be the bigger person, so I figured that into the equation. Fuck all that. You know, boycott them. Tell them what's up. Either make a scene at Thanksgiving or just don't go to Thanksgiving. There's a lot of awesome people in the world who need people right now more than just these awful Fox News fascist idiots. I just don't care. Like, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, grandmother, grandfather. You know, you... you what people do is who they are you know and what we do to allow that oxygen and space is perpetuating the awful things that they believe and i'm not talking about like like old school republicans you know back when w was in office i didn't have that kind of falling out with people because it was a completely different situation to what we're dealing with now yeah. you know so yeah children in cages that one children in cages of course it's fucking horrific and it tells you everything you need to know about the aforementioned garbage people that here's a terrible thing but i was able to google a story about how somebody else did this terrible thing four years ago we're not going to talk about anything else other than the fact that you weren't mad about the thing you didn't know about happening four years ago john mulaney actually kind of covers that ground in his kid gorgeous special but i mean it's true um, but it tells you exactly where those people are coming from. We find out about this and we're like, this is terrible. This should not be happening. This should not be happening in our names. And the deflection for their team becomes, well, it's happened before. It's like, okay, you know, but I mean, that's kind of what we're up against, those kinds of people. Um, okay. Caravan. Caravan. Look at these fucking people. Not, oh, oh, it's not the people in the caravan. <laughs> the people responding to the caravan. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I am a non-believer. I am an atheist. I do not believe in God. I don't believe in any of that nonsense, astrology, whatever, blah, blah, blah. However, what's interesting is when things happen in real life that if you were a believer could credibly be framed as God sending a sign <laughs> and still his, his fucking supporters don't change their mind about shit. A caravan of refugees scheduled to arrive in America around Christmas time could be one of those things. <laughs> but during, during that, during the run-up to it, all of the people who are, you know, very conspicuously Christian, the mega churchers, like that whole crew, are going to instead be pissed off at these people, you know, daring to even like look for a better life or get their, get their way to safety, and also whatever's written on the side of their coffee cup that month. 
and it's going to be insane because that's the month. That's the and that's the American month for being more Christian than thou, and the disconnect that those people have is just insane. I'm gonna look up the price of myrrh on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny. The funniest thing about like really hardcore Christians I have found is how is how often uh, everlasting omnipotent deity is only as worldly wise and empathetic as the person that believes in them. It's almost like you just needed a rationale to do whatever shit you were going to do in the first place, which is like, you know, whatever, that's like kind of cliche to even talk about that at this point. It's like, you know, kind of junior year agnostic Reddit <laughs> kind of kind of dialogue, but yeah, it'll be really funny to draw that comparison next month between people dead set against this this horde of invaders who are going to be like, I don't know, outside of El Paso, ready to like take a nap, but like people are freaking out about it. <laughs> people get to a certain age and they decide that they know everything. I, yeah. I've known so many people like that, and then you, it's like you pass them up if you still want to keep learning. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't think. You have a, if you want an interesting life, don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, some of the best students I ever had are the students who are in their sixties and seventies who mm -hmm. want to do new things and do not behave like a sixty or seventy. Yeah. Old. Well, I mean that's the trick, right? Like I don't know. You know, it's, it's you see the same thing with like music, you know. It's like, yeah. of course, I'm going to keep listening to new music. I like music. That's why I started listening to music in the first fucking place. Like, I'm not going to just stop liking music because somebody's doing something I haven't heard before. In fact, actually, that's what excited me about music in the first place. Yeah. I never heard it before. Mass shootings. Mass shootings. Oh, hey. I mean, what do you, I keep saying as we get to these? Like, what is there left to say? But yeah, with mass shootings, I mean, we we've already kind of just decided as a people that we're going to let. Someone's idiotic hobby to find this for us. And that's really what it is. You know, all these all these shooting range dads wear fucking camo for no fucking reason, uh, who all fancy themselves as modern day Minutemen, <clears throat> they are the reason that we're dealing with uh, emerging fascism for the first time in what, like 60, 70 years? Or 70, yeah, 70, 80 years in this country? Yeah. <clears throat> it's the same people. It's this idea that they're going to defend us from tyranny is insane considering that they're the reason that we're dealing with uh, this uh, kind of transitional tyranny right now um so when you remove that from it all that you're left with is a hobby and it's a dumb fucking hobby for us to basically be subsidizing with our lives now you and i we could leave here and end up in a mass shooting at the end of this podcast and in this interview <clears throat> and the fact that that's the cost for some asshole having his Rambo John McClane fantasy is just bullshit. It's fucking nonsense. Um, I'm not against all guns. Um, I think that's fine. You know, sportsmanship, hunting, do what you're doing, do the target shooting or whatever. Obviously, I fall along the same lines as other liberals. Like, there's no fucking reason you need an AR-15. And the fact that it's always framed whenever we talk about restricting those gun rights... Uh, it's always framed as, well, why should I be punished? It's like, is that really a punishment, though? I think getting your, you know, getting your gallbladder shot out in your fifth grade classroom, that seems to be a little bit more of a punishment than you waiting a couple weeks or having to leave your stupid fucking rifle at the shooting range or whatever. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? It's, it's a lot of unremarkable people looking for ways to be remarkable. And so the gun gives them that. Even if they're not necessarily remarkable at using it, it makes them feel a power that they're not going to get any other way. Sort of like a racist demagogue being elected president of the United States. It lets 
It lets people, you know, what I think about is the, the, the big difference between Obama and Trump. And I think that one thing that the right likes to do is cast them in, they cast them in the same light as both being kind of cult of personality style figure. It's simply because they both have a lot of personality. And so there's this feeling that like, well, what we have with Trump is just like what you guys had with Obama. And well, that's not really true though. You know, when we, what we had with Obama was this guy's not perfect, but he is an aspirational figure. He makes us want to be better. He want, he shows us what is possible. Trump is the exact inverse of that. Trump is, I want to feel remarkable without doing shit. This guy sucks and tells me I'm remarkable, and now he's the president. So it looks like we've won by really, we couldn't get to the stage, so now we've dynamited the stage. And now we're all on stage because the stage is in fucking rubble. For more of Jason Marburg, Subscribe to the Flom Literary Blog, Dare Tongue, at flom.us stroke, Dare Tongue. Radio Flom takes a phone call with Steve Mahalo and... Jasper James of Activism Articulated and Women's March Sacramento. And then I'm also the president of Women's March. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Forget about... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. (laughs) We'll edit this all out. Yeah. um, We're going on our third anniversary right now. Um, and I have been in the capacity of president for, you know, since the beginning of the summer. So mm-hmm. we've been uh, really busy, obviously, and I've been busy on both sides, taking up this role as president and also by the work that we do, which is advocacy communications. So a uh, week before, we did a Black Girls Vote Sacramento forum. And which was really amazing because I was able to connect with um, Laguna Creek High School and their seniors and juniors there. They're just smart kids, smart as a whip. There was about 50 folks there. It's amazing to watch them. It's amazing to start to see them develop as the youth and to take that step back and to see how you could benefit them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they're just they're this is going to be hitting them. Yeah. And um, it's serious stuff. It's really serious stuff. I mean, we are in a, we're in a space now where we have not been ever. And we're in this position right now where the youth outweigh the baby boomers. This is a big deal because they see what they've done. The youth see what these generations have done to our planet, Mm -hmm. to our economy, the debt that everyone lives in, the fact that we need, everyone needs like at least two or three jobs to survive. I think we've come to a place in history where 
we finally have the ability to turn something around. And I don't think that the GOP really thought about this, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is to our benefit. So, I'm, I'm convinced that they're just basically, they got their list together. They got the psycho entertaining guy and he, he went out there and he's getting them everything they want. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty vicious what they're taking. Yeah. And, but they're just going along with it because, you know, yeah. this is what they wanted the whole time. It's like if you imagine if you went to a casino and the owner of the casino said, you know what, guys, take anything you want. Yeah. Not, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. I like the carpets. I want the carpets. They always have really interesting, <laughs> tacky, art deco carpets at casinos. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I mean I've, I've actually been a lot more vocal this year than I ever been. I've always been vocal for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I've, you know, I've just been an activist all my life. This year it was definitely different. And I think it has a lot to do with the youth. It has a lot to do with the fact that anyone who is anyone in their right mind understands what this trajectory is going to be. If, if this continues, and that's really the key, right, is that, like, these are, are the type of pivotal moments when, you know, just let's, let's just say five years ago, six years ago, could you imagine, could you imagine, like, we were that world who were just like, we, the people in America were just like, wow, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how the Holocaust would happen. Well, how would people just sit aside and just let this stuff happen? I don't understand. It wouldn't be like that, right? Just think about that. Five to ten years ago, we were that America. And now people, if you really understand how people take over countries and make them into dictatorships or, or autocracies, this is how they do it. They're following the playbook. And I'm speaking mm-hmm. as someone who's, my dad was in World War II. I've mm-hmm. read up on the whole era. I, I know a lot about Weimar. And I just see, yeah. it's like they're ticking off things as they go ticking through. Ticking off the boxes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I mean, I can't even imagine how, how betrayed any of the servicemen that are, that are still alive from, from that era um, and um, seeing what's going on right now. I mean, I can't even imagine. Oddly enough, uh, I was doing some research because I think if you're going to really dive into this, you have to start digging. You have to. And so I started reading up on Steve Bannon because I'm kind of curious, where did this piece of shit come from? And he has the playbook. He noticed there is a pattern in history. Once the old generation dies out and you don't have someone to talk to about what was going on actually at the time, uh, it could happen again. And so he's like, hey, let's do this. I mean, that, that was the plan, obviously. Uh, it's, it's plain as day as I see it. If you follow Nazi Germany, you could kind of see everything falling into place. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we're quite there yet. But no, we no, we're not. But we're getting close. Five, ten years. Yeah, we're very close. I mean, it depends. I mean, this could all be a wrap if he decides to go and say, hey, we're going to close down the borders down on the bottom. We're going to close the borders up on top. Because... When they do that, they're not just putting people out, but they're keeping people in. It could be a wrap just for that. You don't know what this yeah. guy's going to do. Honestly, that's the thing. He's, he's a wild card. Th- these past couple of weeks, you know, with a Black Rose Vote Sacramento initiative, 
And then we worked with March On and 50 Miles More organizer Katie Eater to do a banner drop. This was to bring awareness to gun reform and the banner drop happened in various places at at a simultaneous time in uh, Pittsburgh, Florida, Parkland. There was a banner at Sandy Hook and we had a banner here in Oakland. We've just been really focusing on two things, looking at the issues that are affecting our communities the most and those who are underserved and marginalized. And that is gun violence, not just, you know, not just police violence, gun violence and, and crimes just between each other. It's really been about what is the epidemic and guns are an epidemic, the killing of our kids, of our youth in schools, it's an epidemic. So we're looking at what's real, and that's that the youth are facing something that we've never faced. You, me, I mean, I can't even imagine. I heard, I heard today that this girl said that for one of her back-to-school gifts, she got a bulletproof vest. So that's what I've really been doing. I, I have been working to get the vote out on a larger scale. You know, so coming up for the 6th, um, I had mentioned Katie Eater and Walk Out to Vote. Walk Out to Vote is an initiative that she started with a 20-group coalition, youth coalition. And they are asking everyone to walk out to vote. And these are, you know, the high school kids who are old enough to have pre-registered. Uh, or mm-hmm. the college age young adults. You know, it's not necessarily that you have to walk out of school to vote. It's more so that we want to have the youth recognize that this is their time. If there was ever a time for them to truly shift the zeitgeist, shift, be the zeitgeist, shift the needle, it's now. The thing is, is that there's been a long time where this rhetoric of our vote doesn't matter that's been a message for a long time. That's been in the American psyche for a long time, 10, 15 years. You know, I mean, even with Obama, I mean, people came out and voted for Obama because it was exciting to vote for Obama. But, you know, yeah. realistically speaking, for the most part, people, they're not really thinking about the connection of the the aspect of civic duty. Right. You know, people who don't normally vote or who kind of, you know, they don't really understand it. They don't really care. They vote whatever. It's neither here nor there. But the fact is, is that the GOP, the Republicans, they always vote. Yes. They don't ever they, not they vote. Do. So that is what we've been up against because we've been having to fight this messaging of that the vote, yeah. our vote doesn't matter because in some instances it didn't. In some instances, it was lost, and in some instances, it was stolen, thrown out. <laughs> but now the thing is, is that what we have now available to us as a, as a culture, as a country, is the fact that the youth, if they truly care about what's on their plate and moving into, the, and moving into a future of complete uncertainty, because that's also the thing. These youth are really the first set of young people who are looking at a future that is completely uncertain. They don't even know if they'll have a world left by the time they reach our age. Yeah. And, and I think that that is what's motivating them. And I also think that that is the conversation that has to be brought to the, to the forefront when we're discussing these things like voting and, 
And, you know, once the midterm's over, whether we're flying high and sailing blue or <laughs> we're down in the dumps again, like digging a ditch because we're just going to jump in. <laughs> we're going to have to dig in. Yeah. We, it, we literally can't stop. And I think that that's the most excruciating part of all of this is because we have been on a constant ride since Trump has been into office. And this is not by yeah. accident. He's, he's doing his best to tire us out. But the thing that, the aspect that's real for us as the 99% is that there's always a cycle. There's a cycle of people becoming woke. <laughs> there's a cycle yeah. of people becoming more aware. Something else will happen and it'll trigger this and something else will happen and trigger that. I mean, uh, today, uh, for the last few days on Twitter, it's been trending uh, GOP vote blue. Or mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. And it's, it's GOP, you know, longstanding Republicans that have always voted Republican have just like, they've come to, they've had their come to Jesus moment. And they're just like, wow, these folks are crazy. They don't care about anything but themselves. And it's like, yes, you know, so every time they do some shenanigans, <laughs> which are so often, it's ridiculous, but every time there's a shenanigan, there is going to be another round. There's going to be another cycle of people who might have not caught it the last time. This time they catch it now. This time they're like, yeah. oh, this is it. This is, this is really where I draw the line in the sand. Nope, these people are wrong. So every time. So yeah, it's children in cages. Wait, maybe not. That, that's not enough. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not a wake-up call. Sense. I don't know. So, I mean, well, that's, that's what's actually helping me to be hopeful. Yes. You know, I mean, I will be the first to say I am praying to every single entity in existence. So, you know, for um, Gillum and Abrams to just wrap it up and get these guys out of here, Beto, wrap it up, get him out of there. It, just everyone who needs to go. They just it's go. sort of uh, enough is enough. So, I mean, the thing is now we just have to figure out how we're going to play this because we're going to have to get self-care. We're going to have to put that in there somewhere because they're not going to stop. We are, we are nope. literally under, we're under attack. The American people are under attack. And it's an emotional, it's a spiritual, it's a mental attack. Uh, our entire country is being gaslit daily. And what is the, what's, what's the byproduct of that? How is that affecting everything that we do in the world? Where everywhere we go, we're seeing, we're being gaslit, and then we're seeing the response of the gaslighting. It's intense. So, yeah. I mean, I think that it's, we have to talk about self-care too. This is not the kind of thing that you can just keep going until you just pass out. Right. You have to be able to stop. You have to be able to trust the people next to you to be able to tap out when you have to tap out when it gets too much because you stop being effective when you're not able to work in that space where if if only we could play golf on the weekends You know, take Friday off. I hear there's a good spot in Mar-a-Lago. What is it, Mar-a-Lago? Oh, yeah. Take the day off. I mean, hit the ball around. Pay someone to tell you you're doing well. Why not? Massages and golf. (laughs) And then go in the next day and make up more weird shit. (laughs) I bet 
that's what he's doing out there. He's going out there. He's like, okay, guys, what can we do next? And he just, just uh, like, comes up with these cockamamie ideas over and over again. That, that's got to be it because I work really hard. <laughs> yes, coming up with shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I honestly, I didn't think it was going to be this brutal. It's brutal. No, neither did it's I. A, it's, a, um, it's a relentless, just, it's a constant badgering. So yeah. that's why I'm saying it's like, that's how we move forward. We move forward. We have to, whatever the outcomes are for November 6th, we're going to have to really just dust ourselves off. You know, we might have to take a week off. Uh, i'm just gonna go cry in a bowl of oatmeal for a while um i'm hoping for the best though and that's like but again that's part of the reason why i spent a lot of my time pushing the youth mobilizing the youth engaging the youth uh thinking about how we could really connect with them from content to messaging to really getting where they are and that's what education is about. Education yeah, yeah. is not sitting in a classroom memorizing stuff. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, too. Right. So that's all we can do. And and then, you know, maybe dance, dance or something. <laughs> this is Radio Flom. More cursing than NPR. Less screaming than Alex Jones. Corruption by Amanda Maurer. Dainty minds touch fresh drops of morning dew upon the sands of flesh, untainted, born new. Hush cicadas warming in the building breeze, their sirens as warning emit from static trees. White rosebud parted, exposed fragrances soft to the air, uncharted becomings cast aloft. Minuscule debris trapped in hazy numbers, belonging nowhere, spreading, overlapped, plant the seed in longing. Fortnight rain, clarity untold, dismissed in shadows, unnumbered reminiscences unfold, wavering sentiments disclose. Aspirations silently languish, roots and tensions cleft, naive blossoms in anguish, autumn's beauty bereft. And now, Borg von Madnar with Frank. Break my heart. We're crossing a police line because my friend Frank spit so much fire that it hit a guy 20 times. No, it isn't funny. The system is so broke, so why you out here making yourself look like such a fucking joke? Bruce Almighty, someone's rhyming while white? Can't go back to 1990 and protest vanilla ice. Can't figure out now if I'm growing or decaying. I think I've touched infinity and the opener's still playing. Can time collapse in on itself and create sub-time? Can I feel the history of my entire bloodline inside this minute and a half of holding? I can feel every single path unfolding For every misstep in my past and future days While I fix my lipstick inside the bathroom at the Aces Pades Whoa, I hit that vape way too hard Now I'm spinning with the planet and I'm feeling all the stars Like my boy on stage He'd be swimming in the women if they weren't all underage The second part's a little sadder than the first But if we compare sadnesses, you probably got it worse I 
apologize that I only text you when I'm high You say you got issues with your body, but I don't see why Physically, aesthetically, sonically, you got me struck Honestly, it's your personality, I wouldn't fuck Cause I'm not gonna do this song and dance if you're not watching But if I saw it, someone hot to treat me like a backup option I swear to you, you'd be like Second person I call <laughs> want to break my heart say you want to join my band and quit before rehearsal starts if you really want to break my heart just tell me that you love me but you really kind of hate my art the second one's a lot sadder than the first but if we compare sadnesses i think you got it worse glasses tipping over and I'm spilling what I think that I could somehow pour my soul out to you and you'd lose it then be all like guess I'll see you if you're out there making music yeah babe guess I'll see you when you pay the cash admission to the only way I want to see your basic ass but back to time and relative dimensions in space I think I need a foxy doctor with the lighter and a vase but I don't need someone to save me just someone who lets me be a little more crazy and a ride, and some weed, and some food, and a family, and a whole lot of motherfucking patience. But that's it. That's it. I'm so low maintenance. I'm here to support a local kid who just blew up, and I'm hella proud of him, but also feeling like a screw up. God damn it, Anne, not everything is all about you, but he sold out the house, and now I wish I had a crowd too. I'm a grown ass lady, but I'm also just a girl, just some artsy fucking weirdo trying to carve a place out in the world. What if it doesn't happen? What if I don't get mine? Should I become a hater like those people outside in the picket line? Well, I don't know what's in store. Cause the original plan was just to kill myself at 24 So I'm just winging it now and I hope we meet someday But even if we don't collab I think it's gonna be okay If you really wanna break my heart Tell me you don't like me, you just wanna see my art if you really wanna break my heart, just ask me really nicely and it's yours to tear apart. Here's what to do. Every night for one week, take two Carter's Little Liver Pills. Carter's Little Liver Pills free and relax the lower digestive tract. Carter's increases fluid and stimulates natural muscle contraction. Get Carter's Little Liver Pills. This is Radio Flom, and I approve this message. So, what the Flom is happening? Here's some stuff to Google this week. A call for papers, topic, metamodernism for the Metamodernism Conference. It's going to be held Thursday, July 4th and 5th at Rabin University in the Netherlands. The abstract deadline will be February 1st, 2019, and for more information, head on to the website, ARC, that is spelled A-H-R-C-Metamodernism.co.uk. 
another call for papers for the 14th International Conference on the Arts and Society, which will be held on June 19th through 21st of 2019 at the Polytechnic Institute of Lisbon and Lisbon, Portugal. And the information for that you can find at artsandsociety.com. Nebraska Mondays, the longest-running experimental jazz series in Sacramento, happens every Monday night at Luna's Cafe at 7.30 p.m., and the address for that will be 1414 16th Street. Tuesday, November 6th, vote. Get up and do something that's going to change in the news. All the information that you will need will be at www.vote.org. And that's everything, even state-specific stuff, which is also very important. So definitely make sure you know what you're in for and get out and vote. Also today, buy the tickets, take the ride, and meet the Gonzo artist. Ralph Steadman, a retrospective at 6.30 p.m., opens at the Haight Street Art Center at 215 Haight in San Francisco. The Art of Seduction with model host DJ PJ happens tonight at 6 p.m. at Exquisite Events at 25 Broadway, New York City. Thursday, November 8th, Poem Jam at 6 p.m. at the San Francisco Main Library, along with Fast History Contemporary Art in China at 7 p.m. at the San Francisco Museum for Modern Arts. While you're there, check out the Calder and Wayne Thibault show, among many other things. Art Mix, big, big band, swing sounds at Kroger Art Museum. That'll be from 6 p.m. till closing at 216 O Street, Sacramento. Saturday, November 10th, everything is happening on the 10th. The Museum of Illusions, take your tourism to the next level, take selfies with 3D art scenes, will be at 6571 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. Ghosts of Calligraphy Workshop, which is part of the Type West Certificate Program, will be from 10 to 5 p.m. on Saturday and continue to set Sunday the 11th. will be at the Letterform Archive in San Francisco. Renegade Crafts returns to Fort Mason, San Francisco, and also at Fort Mason at the same time, the San Francisco Art Institute's Student Art Sale and Open Studio. Park Yard, an art show in the yard, will be from 3 to 10 p.m., free to get in, but a percentage of the proceeds will go toward Farming Hope and other San Francisco-based nonprofits that provide employment training and placement to our unhoused and low-income neighbors, so go ahead and bring cash while you're at it. That'll be at 2327 Kirkham Street, Sunset District, San Francisco. Beyond the Veil, Otherworldly Insight by artist Sky Burgeon. That'll be at 6 p.m. at the Barrio Cafe, which is 1188 35th Avenue, Sacramento. Pink Week, Micro Art Invitational, lovingly celebrating a futile attempt to liberate the color pink for 25 years now, hosted by the Sacramento City College Art Department, which will be from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Sparrow Gallery, which is 1021 R Street, Sacramento. Even more swing. 
Spanky's Electro Swing Sare will be from 8 to 1 a.m. at 1400 Alhambra Boulevard, Sacramento. Sunday, November 11th, help clean up Oak Park with Saul Collective, which will be from 11 to 1 p.m. at the Art Garden in Oak Park, Sacramento. The Underground NYC Tour, The Empire Beneath the Streets, will happen at 1.30 p.m. and meet at the Starbucks on 38 Park Row, New York City. Strokes. Sip and Paint, a totally nude life drawing adult painting party, will be from at 4.14 p.m. at the Opalin Studio at 1309 S. Flower Street, Los Angeles. Tuesday, November 13th, the Graphic Vocabulary of Modern Kinetic Typography with Greg D'Onfrio, which will be a lecture at San Francisco Main Public Library and the Corret Auditorium, which will be at 6 to 7.30 p.m. Ocean at Holy Diver will be at 7 p.m. at 1517 21st Street, Sacramento. Remember to vote yes or no. Turns out hatred really tried to take over this time. The results are is that you can only put a nail into a board with a hammer so far down before it cracks the wood. In this case, so much visceral hatred uh, spewing leaders on down have finally found uh, a playland of just coming out of the closet. And apparently, <laughs> the results are showing that they continue to hate and hate and hate. Sometimes they even forget the reasons they hate. They just need a place to channel their expression of hatred. Some have actually identified that they hate the demons that are inside themselves. Misfortunate, though, that they projected on others. The real healing in all this is that it's time for the dark to turn internal. And they're scared to death because knowing that your time is short spiritually only is centering on that fingernail that God has given us, the, 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 the life beyond that little sliver of fingernail. That life is what they're scared of because they've developed a lifetime of hatred. A hatred they'll have to face within themselves. God forbid that you have to be in their dreams because in their dreams, there's only one race to them. It's not the human race. It's this race that they were taught to love. And funny thing is, you can teach love, but you have to feel it too. And what they're feeling is not the love, well, at least universally. 
the love that uh, we like to associate ourselves, more open cosmology, seems to me it's more closed-minded cosmology. Therefore, you live in a box, you think in a box, and you act like a box, and you're predictable. So, it's almost like you can bring your point, you can make your point, you can jump up and down and explain other ways to explain it, but they're so used to hating and spewing hate and disagreeing and not listening, so they just will wear you out. This is something that's in the next level, the next dimension to take care of. I think at this point, it's hard to say it, but kick back and rejoice. Be glad, because there's a side of you that knows hot and cold. The hot and cold that exists between right and wrong. There's a point where you'll call 911 to relinquish some help that someone needs in desperate help. Yes, there is a God, and I accept that. There are others who don't, but it's all good. They're still hot and cold. And somewhere somebody draws that line. You out there that's hating, where do you see this ending? In a world that nobody's lived in yet, that nobody's tested? Okay, so let's find somebody who's in pure blood. Pure. And let's see if there's any difference. Color, skin color, cultural reference at this point is at the core of individuals. People have to find out where their center is and act it out naturally. Those who hate, you continue what you have to do. For some reason, God's going to use you as a lesson. Those that don't really believe there's a God, okay, well, let's see what lukewarm water looks like because eventually... Some people will think it's warmer. Some people will think it's colder. You sit around and wait. You'll draw a line. We'll see you there. In the meantime, those who uh, continue the spewing hate, the visceral, the continuance of constant petty, constant make this world their world, mommy, mommy, you know, get me this, get me that, mommy, dearest. Okay. <laughs> Spoiled children do have really uh, hellacious, tumultuous, and very uh, negative endings. And hopefully what's, what's to blossom from that is a great lesson and a great turnaround for their lives. But at this point, let them experience the joy that's always been there. From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world, this has been Radio Flom. Recorded live before a studio. Contributors this week in order were... Lawrence Ez. Jeannie Mahalo. Steve Mahalo. Vote Bitch. Amanda Moyura. Jenny Soto. Coyote Creates. Hunter Farn Bark. Jason Monberg. Jasper James. Milk Surface. Borg Von Modna. And... Roan. Also featured were... Announcers Jason Spires Cliff Allen and... 
Audrey Daggett. Beats by Diago Val. Who can be found at DiegoValMusic.com. Radio Flom is produced by Steve Mahalo, Devon Parks Cloutier, and Milk Surface as himself. The music by Chelsea Davis. Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo. Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright law. Radio Flom contains features for review, opinion, critique, and or artistic transformation, and may contain adult content and nudity. Want to be featured on Radio Flom? Drop us a note at www.flom.us slash contact. Flom is a modern art game app, art history resource, faux historical art movement that uses new media to generate interest in art history and education. Flom is an online connection art, history, music, and beyond through Tumblr, Instagram, and other social medias. We are all Flomist. You can be too. Donations graciously accepted at patreon.com Flomus. We are at Flomus on most social medias. Flom is sometimes explained, but usually not. This is Cliff Allen saying thank you for listening, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, do something about it. Did you know that it was just one electoral vote that made Rutherford B. Hayes America's 19th president? Did you know that only one vote gave statehood to California, Idaho, Texas, and Washington? And did you know that less than one vote per district would have elected Richard Nixon instead of John F. Kennedy in 1960? So you see, one vote does make a difference. Make sure you vote on Election Day, November 6th. Shout out to the Gavin Newsom bot. Someday, when this is all over, let's have a bowl of fun together at the Governor's Mansion.